Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Dinsmore, your host, and I'm so glad you are joining in with me today. Today is Monday, April 4th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures, and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Metzorah, and it means leper. Leviticus 14, 16-26 He will dip his right finger into the oil in his palm and sprinkle some of it with his finger seven times before the Lord. The priest will then apply some of the oil in his palm over the blood from the guilt offering that is on the lobe of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. The priest will apply the oil remaining in his hand to the head of the person being purified. Through this process, the priest will purify the person before the Lord. Then the priest must present the sin offering to purify the person who is cured of the skin disease. After that, the priest will slaughter the burnt offering and offer it on the altar along with the grain offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the person who was healed and the person will be ceremonially clean. But anyone who is too poor and cannot afford these offerings may bring one male lamb for a guilt offering to be lifted up as a special offering for purification. 
The person must also bring two quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil for the grain offering and a cup of olive oil. The offering must also include two turtle doves or two young pigeons, whichever the person can afford. One of the pair must be used for the sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. On the eighth day of the purification ceremony, the person being purified must bring the offerings to the priest in the Lord's presence at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will take the lamb for the guilt offering along with the olive oil and lift them up as a special offering to the Lord. Then the priest will slaughter the lamb for the guilt offering. He will take some of its blood and apply it to the lobe of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. The priest will also pour some of the olive oil into the palm of his own left hand. Luke 10, 38 to 11, 13. As Yeshua and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Yeshua and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you? that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Once Yeshua was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, Teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Yeshua said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then, Teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, He will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Psalm 76, 1-12 God is honored in Judah. His name is great in Israel. Jerusalem is where He lives. Mount Zion is His home. There He has broken the fiery arrows of the enemy, the shields and swords and weapons of war. You are glorious and more majestic than the everlasting mountains. Our boldest enemies have been plundered. They lie before us in the sleep of death. No warrior could lift a hand against us. At the blast of your breath, O God of Jacob, their horses and chariots lay still. No wonder you are greatly feared. Who can stand before you when your anger explodes? From heaven you sentenced your enemies. The earth trembled and stood silent before you. You stand up to judge those who do evil, O God, and to rescue the oppressed of the earth. Human defiance only enhances your glory, for you use it as a weapon. Make vows to the Lord your God and keep them. Let everyone bring tribute to the Awesome One, for He breaks the pride of princes and the kings of the earth fear Him. Proverbs 12, 15-17 Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. An honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. I want to speak to you today from Luke chapters 10 and 11, and then we're also going to do a dive into the Proverbs, Proverbs 12. And I want to begin with the story of Martha and Mary, and I believe it is a story that we can all really relate to. So we have the scenario where Yeshua comes to visit Mary and Martha in their home, and Mary immediately went to go sit at the feet of Yeshua and listen to his teaching. Martha's all caught up in the details of putting on a big dinner, and she begins to resent the fact that Mary is simply sitting at Yeshua's feet and she's not helping with all of the work, with the tasks of getting ready for the big dinner. And she says to Yeshua, Lord, it doesn't seem fair to you. Doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, I can relate to Martha, and I'm sure many of you can as well, because The way I'm wired, my personality, I'm the get-her-done gal, and I'm task-oriented. I achieve the goal. I cross the finish line. I start, and then I finish. But Mary has chosen something better and something different. Let's look at Yeshua's answer. He says to her, My dear Martha, You are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. What is this one thing to be concerned about that she has discovered? She's sitting at the feet of the Master, learning and receiving 
from him his wisdom and his knowledge and his love. And so that's the one thing that we often overlook because it's not urgent. It's not screaming at us, get me done, get me done. And yet sitting at the feet of the master is the one thing that is the most important thing we can do. Even our daily devotions before our day gets going early in the morning, or perhaps late at night, whenever you do them. That's your time of sitting at the feet of the Master. And how often, how easy it is to skip that time. We get up and run out the door to work. We get up and run out the door to take the kids to school. We can skip it and go into the Martha mode. But being in the Martha mode all the time is very, very stressful. It's almost like we need an internal gear shift that allows us to shift from Martha mode to Mary mode instantly on a dime. There's times when we need to pause and be still. And know that he is God. And so, my dear friends, let us learn from this parable, the story of Mary and Martha. And let us do the one thing that matters the most. And that is to sit at the feet of the master because it changes you. It's life-changing to get into the presence of the Master. And you will never be the same. So then the disciples come to him and they ask him, Lord, would you teach us to pray? And he tells them the model prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But then he goes on to give them a principle about prayer. And the principle is regarding persistence. He tells the story of a friend who goes to another friend's home at midnight and he wants bread, a few loaves of bread, three loaves of bread, because he's got some guests. And his friend tells him, we've already gone to bed, but the door is locked. We're not going to do it. But if he keeps on knocking on the door, eventually his friend will get up and give him what he needs. And so Yeshua, in his punchline, he says, and so I tell you in verse 9, chapter 11, verse 9, and so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. This is a wonderful reminder to me. You know, you can know a principle and then forget about it, and then you have to be reminded of it. And I'm I'm in a particular situation right now where we really desperately need an answer to prayer, a breakthrough. And it just seems like there's this mountain of impossibility that is in the way. A mountain of red tape and delay and procrastination that's preventing the answer from coming. 
And so I'm reminded and encouraged from this principle that Yeshua is teaching to keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking until you see the answer come. And not to give up, not to despair, not to be discouraged, but to just keep on seeking. Because it really, it shows us our humble dependency upon the Lord, upon the Father, to answer our prayer. We depend on Him to orchestrate circumstances. And we depend on Him to fight our battles, to loose and release angels to fight the demons that are impeding in some way. So be encouraged to be persistent in your prayers. Finally, let's look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Let that really sink in. Sometimes we may think, I've got all the right doctrine. I've got all the right thinking. I'm in the right congregation. And then you meet someone who's quite different from you. And maybe they have some wisdom that you can learn, that you have to be willing to listen. Listening is a form of love, and listening is also humility. Listening is being teachable, to be able to hear and listen with your heart. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. A fool is quick-tempered. Ouch. Do you have a quick temper? That's one of the attributes of a fool. I know I've had a quick temper. A wise person stays calm when insulted. I'm currently in a living situation where I get lots of insults. Lots of flaming arrows thrown at me from a family member. And it's a challenge to stay calm and not to repay evil for evil or insult for insult. Your flesh has to die. Your ego and your pride has to die. And if it's dead, it's not going to react. A wise person stays calm when insulted. Meditate on that today. And if you have a person in your life, could be a boss, a spouse, a rebellious teenager, whoever it might be, who hurls insults, Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to stay calm 
Maybe you'll need to step away, take a break, and then come back. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>